0: I see a podcast shining From the west down to the east Any moment I will start the show So be at peace soul. What's that? I'm approaching you <laughs> do, you, do you know that I'm doing a meme as an uh, opening?
1: Oh, that's your call to open?
0: Yeah, my call open was to do a, an anime meme because, uh, you know, the glorious nation of Nippon and Japan. Animation, not animation on this one. Her, welcome back to Heard You Saw. So. <laughs> well done on
1: bringing together a disparate fort <laughs> to even more many disparate
0: forts. <laughs> it's almost like I took a cue from the movie that we watched today. Um. Hello, it's Nick, and I'm here with Shay. Hello. In person. Woo! Hey, oh, hey. Woo! Done in a safe and sterilized environment. Um, <laughs> fully sterilized. <laughs> I just need a minute. Okay, so we just watched um, Nobuhiko Obayashi's final film, Labyrinth of Cinema, or The Labyrinth of Cinema? I think it's
1: c- just Labyrinth of Cinema.
0: Labyrinth of Cinema. Would um, The The have helped your understanding? Is that... No, <laughs> it would not have helped. Like so, we begin as ever. Oh God! With a line, with with a round of one line hot takes. Um, I, Shay, do you want to go first, or, sure, or, or I, shall I go? I mean, I I'm, can I'm, go for it. Give me a one line hot take, Shay. Um, I don't believe,
1: but this film as well intentioned as it was yes will achieve the dream of world peace of world peace and we would not be singing happy together
0: we will not no. i think that's a fair and good assessment that's a very good one line hot take mine was uh yeah a- appropriately titled labyrinth of cinema because it was a film and i was lost um uh, <laughs> <good, yes. laughs> so um Oh, God, we're going to have to try and recap the movie. Um, but before that, I feel like we have to talk about Obayashi as a creator because you, dear listener, may well have listened to the other two instances in what we've decided as a small trilogy of Nick and Shay watch um, Obayashi films. We started with Haosu, which is genius. Everyone should watch Haosu. Big thumbs. Love it a lot. Big thumbs up. Massive thumbs. All the thumbs. Many thumbs. A worrying amount of Thumbs.
1: thumbs. Hemisected off hands and playing piano. <laughs> yeah, on, thumbs on the playing
0: piano with a giant cat, like you know, that turns into a big pile of bananas. Like, <laughs> great top tier movie. Um, we also that's w- how all movie ratings should be done. Exactly. Does, does <laughs> out it- of ten. All <laughs> <laughs> that. A big <laughs> pile of bananas out of ten. Um, we also watched Hanagatami um, which was really good. Yes, And I think I appreciate that film Even more now Yes,
1: yes, I can see that Because
0: it covered a lot of similar Well, Obayashi has his key themes That he likes to talk about War, young people, poetry The beauty and tragedy Of young people being chewed up by war The atomic bomb Well, also, young people Post-war Yes, how does one exist After such a horrific event, etc or
1: how? Yeah, but they exist without kind of knowledge, or mm. or even benefiting from.
0: They don't know what it means. They to don't jump. know what
1: it means. Yes, exactly.
0: Mm. Uh, this film, though, this film is about those things. It is about those things. That's and... true. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think. I think. That, I th- okay. 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 We we are gonna do. We're prevaricating to avoid getting into the recap because this movie. Like much of Obiyashi's. Look, canon. I'm very
1: happy to start the synopsis because the start is <laughs> e- fun and easy to recall. It's before we, that b-
0: big. but b- b- before we middle. get to it, it's it's the the thing I want to say is is like it's gonna sound like we're pretty down on this film, and and I think we are. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yes. Um, but I want to stress that I. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a jerk because I like Obayashi's other films. Just this one... D- d- it all...
1: Yeah, I, I... Here's what I'll say. Yeah. Because I am having those similar feelings of like, we watched this film... Yes. Because... We, we did watch all of it. All three hours of it. Yep. Because we loved Obayashi's films. Yes. That we've seen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they all explore similar themes and ideas and motifs. Yep. And we probably talk. We've talked about on both the other casts of Su is that film that's about how young people are kind of disconnected and don't really know what war, like the bomb, and how wartime Japan was. Mm
0: they don't have that they generational have that trauma connection. kind of thing yeah. yes
1: exactly and obayashi is using kind of the f- like a very pop arty form which he was good at because he was a worked in the advertising industry mm-hmm. to try and connect them to that, those ideas yes in very in a very abstract way in a very abstract way yeah. hanagatami is about is obayashi towards the end of his life Looking back and showing what it actually meant to live during wartime in mm. Japan. Yeah. To actually go, here is the feeling that you... Here is what I'm trying to say, which you young people will, you know, what it feels like to jump.
0: Yeah, and and also, like, there's a lot of stuff in Hanagatami about, like, the notions of decay and the sort of fragility of... <laughs> connection to other people it's very sexual it's very in some ways it's almost like quite a queer movie in some ways
1: yeah we we talked a lot about the homoerotic. yeah it's
0: like it's very like it's it it manages to be very erotically charged but also never feels like um salacious it's quite pure in it's a way very very pure yeah but also really horny it's <laughs> It's because it, it, it is. It's like yeah. you, know, you have a literal character who's basically meant to embody, like, you know, the vitality of youthful men with his fucking powerful abs and smoking a cigarette, which he only did once. You know, because he didn't like it. And smoking is for idiots, really. Haha. <laughs> Let's go swimming and watch him swimming while he's nude. <laughs> and it's like, it. it we, okay,
1: alright, alright, alright. Uh, but yeah, on, on, what, what I was trying to say is and um, so Hanagatami feels like here's a guy at the end of his life. Looking back at what it meant to live his life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And or like what his childhood that shaped him into who he was. Yeah. What that meant. Yes. Labyrinth of cinema. Yes. Feels like a film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I take back that, it, that it, statement. It feels it, like it, a film. It it doesn't feel like a film. It it does not. <laughs> <laughs> L- I did say
0: was... um, I did say at one point while watching it. I think I'm having a stroke.
1: <laughs> um l- uh, Okay, Labyrinth from cinema feels like a film where Obiashi's looked back at his whole career, kind of in the way that he, at, before uh, you in the kitchen was like. I really hope this is a Wind Rises type. Yeah. Of film in that. Well, you, well, I, I,
0: I, my view was that like I love the Wind Rises as a film, but also it's emotionally devastating like it's a movie that literally just says hey you love the canon of Hayao Miyazaki you, you're a Ghibli fan you enjoy his works you think he's got important and powerful things to say and then that film turns around as a meditation of like what if it was all pointless what if everything I did and you know the the medium that I've worked to promote was just co-opted for reasons that were not the ones that I believed in what if I gave up my personal life, my love, my you know my youth in pursuit of an idea and that idea was a lie? Which is a brilliant fucking statement and a brilliant film. And I feel like that statement could similarly be
1: transplanted just to this film as well. Except. <laughs> except? Well, a lot of exceptions. But one exception is that... Well, here's, here's a few exceptions. One is that Obayashi doesn't think it's all pointless. He has a big amount of hope for what cinema can achieve. Yes. This is a very optimistic film. It's a very optimistic film. The other exception is that The Wind Rises is very successful in communicating its message. Yes. Whilst Labyrinth of Cinema <laughs> is not. Although, like, we, we're we talking about that message and going, this is, uh, this is the message that it's trying to explain... There's a lot of disparate and inner conflicts of, like, cinema as escapism, entertainment, like... Historical reality, record. Historical
0: record, etc. You know, how it influences a culture to feel about certain events or certain actions, like violence, for example. Yes,
1: and yeah. how all these different historical events kind of link with each other and...
0: I think I think one thing we have to say, though, is one of the reasons that we found that meaning easy to land on is twofold... One, we have a familiarity with Obiashi's work previously. Yes. If this was your first Obiashi film, f- fucking good luck. Um, but also, the film literally goes out of its way at the beginning and at the end to emphatically state and contextualize what it is trying to say, which I feel like was kind of... Uh, <laughs> gave them a bit of... Overconfidence with how abstract and wild they could get with the main content because, like, well, we've told them what it's about, so now we can just throw everything at them,
1: yes. And (laughs) I would say it doesn't, well, we'll talk a lot about the form later. Oh boy, will we! But I feel like, with the statements that we've just said, I feel like we're in court.
0: How what my client is him. trying to say <laughs> <laughs> I just want um, to say Shay, that You were like oh we probably won't have like That much to say about this film I will say we've been recording for over 10 minutes and we technically haven't talked About any specifics from the film It's yet. because
1: once we get into the specifics Of the film I don't think Because we didn't intently Connect to any of the specifics Of the film I would say we wouldn't have much to talk about. Whilst what is interesting to us is, like you said, we like Kobayashi and we like these themes and we know that this is his final film because yes. he, he unfortunately he, he passed, passed away. away. Yeah, And this is a man who had a lot to say and we're he trying did. to... He had a lot to say. And, and one of the problems with this film is he had a lot to, of ideas and things to say and he felt like... <laughs> and no I, one said no. No one said no and it felt like <laughs> I've only got this. This is probably my last. You know. I, I
0: better put everything I have in this. And often you you hear people saying that you know they put everything they had left into a film. It's like a good thing. Obiyashi had too much left. is the problem. <laughs> like that's the issue. Uh, like I, 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 I all mean, right, okay. Can, so we so cards like, on table just real quick. I think that with a really aggressive edit, there's a good film in there. That's what
1: I was going to say. I was going to say, I think the main problem is that the middle section of them being inside all the different films is what really drags this film. Yeah. And with some good editing, both in the script stages and the the post stages, (laughs) it could have been a very good film at maybe... (laughs) I don't think as good as Hanagatami or Haosu. No. But one that made us feel less defeated
0: by it. I will say that it's pretty telling that in this film there is an intermission. And we were really grateful that there was an intermission. Yes. And Hanagatami... And we took an intermission. We did. Hanagatami is
1: two and a half hours long or something like that.
0: Yeah. It's pushing With no free. intermission. Yeah.
1: And we were fine with that. Yeah, we
0: just rolled through
1: that. It, will, it went... Very quickly. Yeah. This, well, I at one point before the hour mark, I was like, "How, long, is how it? long has it been?" I dear God, I hope it's not less than
0: an hour. And I said, "It's less than an hour." <laughs> and you're um, like, "Oh no!" <laughs> oh, thank God for that intermission. Yeah, like I mean, to be fair, I think that may have been him recognizing that he's like, "I've really pushed this one." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm aware, he's aware, you know. Okay, so, okay. with all that said... I Well, also, I think
1: he put an intermission in because part of it, there's a lot of meta-text
0: of the... Allusions to classic
1: allusions cinema stuff. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. like, oh, we can read our own subtitles, so why are we in colour? Uh, like, the really annoying stuff that I did like. <laughs> um, Okay. Plot synopsis? So, or do you have anything else
0: you'd like to... I feel like we have... In to... your opening statement to the judge? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think we... The thing is, is that, like... When this film started, and we'll get into the opening properly in a moment, I think the thing is, I thought it was gonna be... Like, as Obiyashi goes... We know this. Mm. Like, the opening 12 minutes of Hanukkah is like, what the fuck? Oh! Like, you know, stuff just yep. keeps happening a lot. And it's like, it, he films in such a weird, unique way. And he does not give a shit about conventional rules of editing or like shot composition or structure or like, you know, how to do stuff. He's just like, I'm going to just do it. And you're like, oh, 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 ah, what? Ah. Which I can imagine if you're the kind of person that likes the sort of, you know, Classic Hollywood style invisible editing. This would drive you insane because it is a it's so intense.
1: Uh,
0: again. Haosu and Hanagatami have those elements. Yes!
1: Except they were
0: <laughs> cohesive, Co- and cohesive and coherent. Co- cohesive, yes. Yeah. I This covers so many different styles mm. and so many different settings and like multiple aspect ratios. You know, going between different aspect ratios between shots in the same sequence.
1: <laughs> Much like uh, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> <or> IMAX version. <laughs> did you ever see it in No, IMAX? I did. I, I've not seen I don't like those films.
0: I also don't like those films. <laughs> Dark Knight I... Rises is actually my favorite one because it's got Bane in it. He's well, the best in thing.
1: I went and saw it with a friend in the IMAX. And there's a moment where Batman and Alfred talk to each other. And one of the... And it's just like regular shot, reverse shot. Yeah. One of those shots is in regular cinema, and one was shot with an IMAX camera. (laughs) So the ratio was going, boop, IMAX, boop, IMAX, (laughs) 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 boop. Um, yeah, so a tangent there. No,
0: it's okay, it's okay. I mean, this movie tangent did enough for us to be allowed to have one or two. I
1: wouldn't have been surprised if Mario was Batman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like <laughs> nobody cared who I was until I put on the mask. No, uh, young people. I was born in cinema. <laughs> you really adopted it. The first time I stopped jump cutting around, I was already a man. Pika. Um, but anyway, okay. So, fuck has this? So the movie starts with like classic cinema credits and a special thanks. <laughs> To and Hilton Big, was it Hilton, Hilton Big? Burn? Hilton, Hilton Big? I don't know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> they, <laughs> they mentioned him again at the end. at
1: the end, they're great friends. They just showed a picture. Yeah, they just asked that he come back to Japan.
0: Yeah, world multi Tony Award winning choreographer and musical theater guy, Hilton Big, I think, um, apparently worked on this. I assume did the choreography for the dance sequences. Perhaps. But that's how we started. We were like, okay, odd. And it was like this movie is in service of world peace. We all believe in the beauty of world peace. This is what it's about. Then do they do the contextualizing with the poems or is it to the spaceship first? That's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I think they introduce. no, they they have They a very, do the praise first. They right? they say
1: Oh, we're gonna it's we're looking at these poems first. Mm. They they have quite a bit of text like saying Kind of contextualizing how the structure of the film is going to be. Yeah. Did that help? No. But please. T- <laughs>
0: it's like, are you familiar with the poems of Chewyer? No? Well, strap in, fucker. You- you're going to get to know them. And they really inform the reading of this text. And you're like. It was a bit like turning up to an exam when I'd not done any revision. That's a bit like what this movie was. Being in an exam where everyone's throwing questions at you because you're-, you're on a time limit and you have to go fast but you don't know anything <laughs> but
1: also it's like it's like an exam all the questions were put out it, to in the same page mixed up together and then you had one essay page yep. to write all the answers yes
0: you just have to go and try and j- make connections right or not so the spaceship, spaceship yes we encounter an old gentleman in a hat and sunglasses called Fanta G. Fanta G. Fanta G, who is on his spaceship. He's drinking a cold drink,
1: and he's eating his Nori Roll.
0: There are pianos flying around in space outside the window.
1: But inside his spaceship, there's fish. Fish, big koi, big koi. Big koi, And and,
0: and he's like, sup? Um, and there's naked people outside, too. There are some naked people outside on a cake. <laughs> well, they're in the flesh suit, because, yeah. you know. Japanese censorship laws I guess. So fantasy is like hey you know what films are really cool um they are the time machine that will allow us to go back to the the, the times that we need to go to for and this is all direct address to the audience I should add he's just talking to camera
1: yes when we when it first happened we said it felt like that. Uh, oh
0: yeah, Carl Sagan's Wonders of the Universe, or um, uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's sh- series of the same name, weighs in a spaceship powered by imagination, being like, now we're going to go into the center of the sun, and you're like, and there are cool graphics, except this was done on like Flash in like 2007, and so it's like, tween, the spaceship.jpg moves across still image of the, and he talks about the island of Onomi, Onomichi, right? Mm. Which is where he is originally from. And he's gone back there to 2019, which is the quote, the present for our purposes. He yeah, tells any us.
1: film is the present. That's like part of
0: yeah. when you're watching it. Yeah. yeah. And so he is going there because it's the last night of an old-timey Japanese cinema being open. And he meets his friend Ci- uh, and- Cinema G... Yes, who is the, he is the projectionist? He is the projectionist, and they're like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna do a bunch of old timey war films. It's war films all night. The whole night's about war, and uh, fantasy's like, sweet. Also, there's this girl called Noriko who has an umbrella and is always filmed in blue, and she is coming on the boat to the island. And there's a big train that's going around that we don't. That's like a. It's like a CG train that's just added into the. Not locations, because they're... <laughs> his, his
1: Before we continue with this and Yes. here's one thing that w- would like to be said that Nick said a lot. Well, not a lot. He said maybe four times during yeah. the film, which was oh, a location. Maybe the film is saved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was like, oh look, they went somewhere. <laughs> you know, they actually went outside and touched grass. Three hours... Locations, About four locations, maybe. Let, let me think because it was like there was the beach, the hot spring, the beach. uh the field where that guy was like the got stabbed. You know they had the prisoner yes. of war and he put a bomb in that woman's. We'll get to that. There was
1: the kind of a uh, training uh, camp. Yeah,
0: the, the anti-tank
1: training camp. And kind of the cinema had some
0: sets, maybe not locations. Some... sets. Like there were bits where the cinema seemed real, and then there were other bits where the cinema seemed distinctly not real. So that's five, maybe. I can't think of any other actual locations that feature in this film. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, and Hannah does a lot of green screen. Yeah, but it kind of works better yes. and was and I will say implemented better. Yes. It fit fe- now I feel like to flash quickly ahead to the ending sequence of the <laughs> film just real quick Okay. because the thing was I was like oh the, the effects are very primitive and some of the green screen is less good than it was in both Hanagatami which was made in what like 2018 right Yeah, I something guess. like that like yeah. you know and also less good than Haosu which was made in the fucking 70s um, and I was like huh it's weird that it's not good that must maybe it's to highlight the artifice or something like that but then there's a shot where there's just a boom mic in the shot on a green screen! And Shay pointed out, well, they could have just cut that out, so. Yeah, because they're a...
1: not on location, and. The it was nowhere near the actor! The no, it's wasn't just a... It? a good other side of the <laughs>
0: And it's just there, and you're like, why? So I'm like, I don't... I, I'm interested in the production of this film. because Like, I'm, I don't mind when booms
1: enter into the yeah. shot. Sometimes it happens. It does happen. It's an accident. Yeah. But also, this was the one time where it was so easy to cut.
0: And also, it was literally in the city of Hiroshima moments before the bomb <laughs> oh, exploded. No. And you're like, I feel like you would have gone over this footage a bit.
1: Oh, yeah. If, <laughs> if you haven't listened to our previous episodes of... Hausu and Hanigatami, mm. Obayashi, it's always gonna lead up to Hiroshima and the Atom
0: Bomb. Yes. He feels very strongly about it. And, and as well so. he should, yeah. We've both been to the Peace Museum in Japan in yes, Hiroshima. Um, and the dome, which yeah. is heavily featured in the film. Indeed. You know, it's it's quite an important thing within Japan's cultural history, and it's good that he's making films about this, but also I don't understand why the effects were so weird and bad in this film. Okay. So, G goes to the cinema and sits down at the back upstairs on the balcony and promptly mostly falls asleep for the rest of the film. May or may not be that some of the stuff happening is a dream. It's unclear. Um, But we meet our three de facto protagonists. Talking about
1: the sleeping.
0: Yes. There's also a moment where
1: an old man speaks to a young boy and the old man says, Oh, I sleep during movies. That shows it's a good movie. And I quite like that idea because there's a lot of. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm interested in what no, you're No, because going. I think <laughs> it's that part of like, Kustami, Ab- Abbas Kustami. He he said I would much rather people fall asleep in my films. Like he liked that slow. <laughs> yeah,
0: gentleness. Yeah. and I like like that like Simon Liang, like, like cinema of slowness. Yeah. Like Which it's is... okay to have a restful experience. Talk about Simon Liang. Yeah,
1: uh, a film I need to see. Goodbye, Dragon Inn. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I feel like that would be a very
0: good tonic to this film. <laughs> we... It's shorter, uh, <laughs> and it's also like way less intense. It's like a very kind of like oh, the death of the old ways of cinema. uh, oh. mm. duh. You know, old you know, and as I say famously, an old lady carries a vacuum cleaner up a set of stairs for literally like three minutes of unbroken footage. Static, like lock he was like I like that. She's trying. She's she's really carrying that vacuum cleaner. Um,
1: back to Obi-Wan. Yeah,
0: so we meet our three de facto protagonists, which are she okay, in order, we meet Mario, who Noriko greets as she comes in. She is greeted by Auntie Pika. Um, pika being the japanese onomatopoeia for flash often associated with lightning hence pikachu lightning rat uh, that's what pikachu <laughs> i was so i was like don't say pikachu
1: it's true <laughs> no i know <laughs>
0: that's why like, it, it's a good way yeah. for people yeah you know. um and she goes into it because she's going to watch the films all night and noriko says she doesn't understand anything and the way she understands things she doesn't know is through watching films uh, Mario
1: is a. So she's like, what is war? Yeah, I Tell don't me know what, what war is. is.
0: Yeah, um, Mario is a film fanatic.
1: No. Well, yes, mm. yes. Sorry, I was thinking about the film. No,
0: no, yeah, that's um, yeah. that's um, Hosuke, who's
1: the yeah, next. Mario guy, is in... a film. Fanatic.
0: Mario is the big film nerd guy who he really loves cinema and he also really likes Noriko, who yes. is thirteen. Um, we don't know how old Mario is. He, he's older than thirteen by the actor. Yes, yes, definitely
1: Jeez, the actors. Geez. But also, Naraku might have been older than maybe. But they didn't it's specifically really...
0: name check her yes. age in the way you know. It's a, it's just, I just want to put that in there. It's like it's hey, this is odd. Hey, um, this
1: could be. This yes. is
0: gonna get a little weird in places. Um, not too weird, but a little. Um, we also meet Hosuke, who is a film critic. Wait, Naraku is now thirteen. She's really 70 years old. Or is she? Spoiler! Or is she? Yes, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, she died in Hiroshima. She's a ghost. But she, she didn't. She's also an old lady. What? A um, lot happening there. Um, We also meet Hosuke, who is a history nerd and a film critic, right? That was yes. his whole gimmick. He's always got a notebook. He's got glasses. Um, He doesn't know much of the real world, but he knows about history and he's got opinions about film. And also, our last guy is Shigeru, who is. (laughs) (laughs) Who's a Yakuza? He's a Yakuza! He's a Yakuza! He's not a monk. No, he's not a monk. His dad's a a monk, but he's a Yakuza. He's a Yakuza? He wants you to know, he's a Yakuza.
1: Right, okay. He's a Yakuza. Remember
0: when he was getting beaten up at the beginning and that whole plot just doesn't go anywhere? Yeah, what did they say to him when. Something about, like, I don't know, you're a kid, you know, to steal from children. He's like, no, I'm a Yakuza, that means I'm cool. And then yes. he gets beaten up and he goes to the cinema in a storm. Um, mm. And gives Auntie Pika some money, she won't take it. He then have some more money, and she's like, oh, you're a good dude. Come <laughs> in and watch a film. I'm like, isn't this not how a box office works? Um, to be
1: fair, it's the last night of the
0: cinema. Yeah, exactly, cinema's closing, it's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. So they all go in and sit down with the rest of the audience. There's lots of people sitting down and not saying their lines. There's just ADR everywhere in the Important.
1: Movie. Lots of kids are going, oh,
0: I want cartoons. Yeah.
1: And the like, no, war. Yeah, it's
0: war films. War films. War films are good too. So then they... Oh. So then the, they're all getting ready for the film to start and Noriko comes in singing a song with her umbrella and everyone's like, oh, it's an old song. Like, it's an old folk song. Yes, and she goes on stage and says that she doesn't understand anything, and she wants to understand what war is by watching films. She then produces two top-hatted gentlemen who start doing a dance routine, and the three of them jump into the screen, mm. and it's like a whole small Broadway number with you know people in top hats, ladies in dresses, and like cha 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 tip tap, that stuff, and it's a song about how there's always a happy ending. But also, there's... It's a lie, but there's a truth within the lie. Yes. Um, and then she starts asking the Mario to save her. And the screen catches fire a bit. She's also got three backup dancers.
1: Yes. But don't worry, the film will be very clear to show you that and make sure you remember. Yeah, make
0: sure you remember at least two of them. Because the third one, who knows what happened to her. Saying
1: that, yeah. I just want to say... Although I brought up those three backup dancers... I
0: don't want to get so far into the synopsis that we actually discuss no, them. No, 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 no. Good. <laughs> no, we're, I'm going to get to, like, the... We're still not quite at the inciting incident yet, yes. really. Um, so the projector goes out, and it starts to, like, catch fire. So Cinema G is trying to fix it. So Mario goes up into the stage and starts doing, like, improv comedy dance stuff to try and, like, be like, oh, keep people entertained. And spirits up while the storm rages outside. Lightning.jpg yeah. um, happens in the sky. Um, and then the projection comes back. Noriko's like, you need to save me, Mario. And he's like, oh, let's go into the film. And so, uh, Hosuke, Shigeru, and Mario all go into the film. They're confused because they're now all wearing, like, top hat tails and having to sing. And what then starts is a voyage through some elements of Japanese cinematic history, and also Japanese history, through war, marching towards the inevitable conclusion which will take place at the bombing of Hiroshima with the atom bomb. And that's as far into the synopsis as we're going to go. Good. (laughs) Because the film starts going at like a thousand miles an hour. Because I think that was
1: the point where if, if you were charting our interest in the film with a line, that would be the the start of The Descent.
0: Well, not the start, because the thing is, I was still, I was like, okay, we're going to start going into different films. Like I was this. in
1: it for the first film, Yeah, again. And then it kept going, and then it, so... then it not started it going... going, but also, wasn't that different from the first film. Yeah. And it felt like it was just repeating itself.
0: And going on, do you know about Ryoma Sakamoto? And you and I know a bit of Japanese history. I was like, yeah, I know who Ryoma Sakamoto is. I know he was assassinated... And he was, like, a major figure in Japanese politics. And it's like, but what if he'd lived? What if he'd lived and him and his arch-rival had been friends and had played silly word games and eaten candy? And I'm like, I guess? What? I don't understand what the, you know... What? It's like, what if Isambard Kingdom Brunel had just, like, been a cool dude? And you're like, I suppose? Yeah. It didn't really seem to be in service of something that was relevant to us as two white people from the United Kingdom, there may have been a lot of significance as to how this would be interpreted by a Japanese audience, perhaps? Perhaps. But we can but speculate on that. (laughs) So, Shay, with all that said, what did you make of Labyrinth of Cinema?
1: Yeah, see, here's the fun. Now we've done our initial opening statements. The synopsis up until... So I think we should discuss a few things, and then okay. we should talk about the final, like
0: yeah, the, the main
1: of the film. yeah yeah yeah
0: when it's sort all of because I think that's focused. important yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the idea of going into the cinema screen—it's a tried and tested story B that has happened from the beginning of we're well, not quite the beginning, but very early on in cinema. Yeah, starting with at least Buster Keaton, bump. Yeah. Probably some of like George Melies role. did
0: some stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. bound to be like genre conventions being played with as a way to poke at like real world issues. Yeah, and yeah.
1: the idea of reality and fiction being the line being blood. Yeah, great. Yeah, interesting. On board, Obayashi, I like that idea, especially since you are a film director. It makes sense that you are exploring that in your final film. Yes, great. Yes. Um. I liked. Um. If we were going to talk about the three different uh, de facto protagonists' yes. stories, yes. I think uh, Hosoku? Okay. Hosuke. Hosuke. Hosuke's story was the most interesting to The me- o-
0: Okinawa story? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, his, he, he, he won't the kill best someone son. no matter what. Yeah. Yes, it Though had. Though it does have its share of what?
1: Yes. <laughs> it does have the The Hitler man. <laughs>
0: The Hitler man. Um, yeah, the Hitler man and the weird, quite reasonably graphic rape scene. With the yeah, fake then, was...
1: well, there's a few... Hol- yeah, which isn't... Uh, not historically accurate. No, yeah, like... Um, <laughs> I just...
0: But she's tall, you know. She's as tall as a telephone pole. No but good. she's
1: a woman. She is a woman, but she's no good as a pear farmer's daughter, pear farmer's wife.
0: Yeah, because she's too she's too tall to pick pears.
1: Um, and <laughs> I like how going through the different war films, talking about all oh, this is entertainment. Yes, yeah, 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 and then being like, maybe that's problematic. I don't know. All this showing all these different conflicts. Of war films as genre mm-hmm. and being both entertainment, historical is it accurate or false? Is that good when it shows it's historical? Yep, etc. etc. Yes, I And would you like to now say
0: something? <laughs> 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 so you started what seemed like a list and then you said two things, and now okay, um. Yeah, um... <sighs> it's a bit of a tricky one, because I think the moment where it really lost me was when we got into the uh, war with China. Yes. That, I, I was just like, I, that was too many layers too deep, because that's the first time that Noriko's identity is compromised, in the sense that Noriko is introduced as this person who exists in the real world... But then in the war with China sequence, um, the actress who plays Noriko is pl- is playing another character called Chen Shishi. Mm. But the fact that she is played by Noriko's actor is also remarked upon that she is Noriko, but she's also not Noriko.
1: Yes. Yeah, so again, it's a, unclear. A lot of the film, everyone is an actor. Yeah. And- Kind of. In in a weird way. They, it's like
0: they, they're going into the films and the reality of the films is ostensibly real, but it's also not real. It it's it it, it, it plays a lot with this sort of question of how much like there's the, the It's question, a lie,
1: but there's a truth in the lie.
0: Yeah, and also yeah like host like, you know, will we die in the bomb? And like you know, it's like well I there was that time when we were with the White Tigers um squad and I got cut with a sword and I bled. So mm-hmm. that means we can die. Like this is real enough to us that it matters But then there's a whole sequence In the Chinese war sequence Where they're running around And Mario's like Oh no it's fine The bullets will never hit the hero And the heroine um, And then um,
1: Part Chen- of that is that he goes Oh there's uplifting music yeah. We're gonna be okay Because I know the
0: Conventions, conventions of these films, of yeah.
1: films. And then uh, Noriko Chen Shishi, or Chen Shishi Dies Really quite, like, it's quite, it's
0: quite, quite brutal. Like, um,
1: and that's kind of the first part of, like, oh, maybe don't fall into the traps of cinema. You're There's... Cinema is a
0: lie. Cinema is a this, lie. Yeah.
1: Yes, there's truth, but also there's, you know, don't fall into these ideas. Because that's when they... I think after that point, they stop kind of remarking on them being in a film, being like, oh, we have subtitles. Oh.
0: Yeah. I think it's weird. then when they start yeah. to believe... The reality that they now inhabit, which is moving through these less less that they're in films and more that they're in the period of history, they start you know, and I think that's interesting because after that sequence inevitably ends because it goes on for fucking ages. Oh, it really does. It really really does. It's like you could have cut that down a lot. Um, they end up in um, they go to the guy who was a member of the Sakura troop and they hang out with him in the hot spring and he teaches he learns ballet. Um, and they learn the anti-tank maneuver. What's interesting is that the film becomes, for the film, more realistic there, because most of the actual locations are in this sequence. And it's not until Shigeru and Hosuke, like, let's go get some prostitutes, that we go back to this kind of, like, unreality thing. And they have quite frank conversations about, like, the nature of war and conflict, and they realize that, like, oh, we're on the road to Hiroshima. And, of course, the guy from the film slash period that they're in doesn't know what an atom bomb is, so they have to try and cover for it to keep the timeline secure or whatever. Yes. And it's, like, it's it's interesting that it, it takes on a much more serious tone, and then after that point, and this is, like, an hour in, you know, I'd want to stress that there's been a load of bullshit of just, like, shenanigans in period Japan in, like, fucking 1686 or whatever.
1: And shenanigans is a kind word, I would say. I would say it's more the same actors being shot the same way and the image being flipped (laughs) numerous times for 45 minutes. It's
0: not until after the intermission, I think, that um, Obayashi actually holds a shot for more than, like, a second. Everything else, even if it's just cutting to the same shot, he will do cuts to keep momentum up. It's like, it's... Bizarre how frenetic the first it, half of this film is. We were so when we were watching
1: the first part, we were like whoa, whoa, whoa. But back quickly stopped. We it we were desensitized to the quick cutting.
0: Yeah, kind of there were there were moments when it would take you off guard with like some of the really weird cuts. Yes. But it was like constantly be like oh he's just flipped the footage, like mirror imaged it to. Yeah. And I feel like, like
1: no Hana did a lot of weird stuff in the first 20 minutes and then comes kind of down.
0: I think with Hanagatami, because again, I feel like Hanagatami is a more structurally considered film. Like, yes. it's it specifically... It...
1: Hanagatami and Haosu have both very strong narrative through lines. Yes. That...
0: And also really strong visual aesthetics. Yes. Like, because this plays with so many different conventions and looks and ideas, it's... It, it never gets bogged down in one specific visual style. Mm. Like, it apes fucking everything. Like, we do, like, you know, we do a fucking Broadway musical. We do, like, you know, the, the elements of the pink cinema are in there as well. We do black and white talkie style. There's, like, shaky cam, like, you know, direct address stuff. It's, like, there's really, well, CGI heavy. There are CGI heavy, like, action sequences and stuff like that. It's all over the place in terms of, like, visual identity. Whereas, like, Hanagatami has maybe three distinct visual tones that are used for specific aspects of the film. You have the sort of pseudo-period black-and-white stuff which is for, um, I forget the lead character in Hanukatami's name, but him when he's being a poet on the cliffs and it's him in the future. You have the idealised, like, we're young people before the war and everything's super brightly coloured and very saturated and it's got reasonably pacey editing, but it's not, like, aggressive. And then there's the more dreamlike weird weird transitioning into the world beyond.
1: The the the, the kind of poppies.
0: And, yeah, like the yeah. poppies and also like the the parade sequence yes. with the massive floats and like the march of the dead soldiers, scarecrow people. Yes, that that's it. Yeah, yeah that, that's that, well, that kind of stuff where you're just like, oh, now we're getting into more like, whoa. but it yeah. feels more yes. organic. Whereas this just goes from thing to thing to thing. In the first like the first hour is frankly a fucking nightmare. It's just like I am... You know, as I said, I felt like I was watching someone have a well, scene. The there.
1: first 30 minutes is fine. And then it's... Then it keeps going. Then it's then it's the hour after that. Yeah. That really is... Well, I'd say hour and a half after that is the real...
0: It's slog. after the intermission, it calms down a lot. Yes. Like, because after the intermission, you get into the more
1: sort of... But I'd say at that point, also, we had dealt with so much bullshit <laughs> that it was hard to get along with the film even though yeah. it calmed down and was starting to make sense and start to be like bring in all its ideas and go this is why i said that thing earlier and this is why i said that thing earlier yeah this person ideas. in
0: history was related to these two people that we saw earlier in the film yes. so again we needed this much larger context not all of it but we needed some of it it's, it's justified and you're like all right but the, the the thing i i think was good was when it started like giving each individual protagonist a story. So we have Shigeru has a story where he wants to save one of the backup dancing girls from being a prostitute. Ah, oh, and it goes poorly. Um, you have Hosuke who inhabits the life of a Okinawan soldier who has to battle against his own pacifistic ways, entrenched systemic racism, his commanding officer being an abusive, murderous, rapist, ex-boxer, and the systematic, you know, abuse and destruction of his entire homeland. And it's like, that's really good and powerful. And then the three of them come back together again. We have the brief White Tiger segment, which was a bit like, what the fuck is going on? Um, that is a bit that serves to give context to the ending sequence where they end up on a train to Hiroshima and join the Sakura theatre troupe to do a performance to, you know, lift the spirits of the people around them. And they're like, well, we can't stay in Hiroshima, but we can at least help these people out because we've literally inhabited the stories that they are telling in their plays through our weird journey through films and it's then you're kind of like okay I kind of see that you need to take you needed to take these basic bitch people feed them through this nightmare mill where they get all of the context and information they need to be the characters they need to be on the train going to Hiroshima and I'm like alright and also
1: (laughs) to fit in with the themes of the film They learn to be not just an engaged audience, in a way, for film. And and actually take
0: whatever... Shigeru becomes a monk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but I thought he was a Yakuza. Not
0: not a Yakuza anymore, Uh, he becomes a monk.
1: What an arc. (laughs) I'm glad all three hours were used for that arc.
0: I didn't get why he became a monk at the end. Because he was using, like...
1: His sandals as weapons, and I think...
0: They said, don't use your sandals as weapons. And then he
1: decided, well, I won't use my sandals as weapons. (laughs) And thus, a monk was
0: born. Yeah, and he, like, goes off chanting and, like, is given a stipend by the uh, auntie Pika, who's like, I was Noriko the whole time, and I'm blind, and also I died, but I didn't. And you're like, what? Whoa, okay, wait. wait. So the bomb falls.
1: (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. Wait. So, with that context, I feel like a lot of that context could have been cut and could have been cut down and we could have sped through a lot of that much more... Yes. This movie did not easier. need to be
0: nearly three hours long. No. Uh,
1: anything else I want to say before we start getting
0: into the end? Um, It's... It's interesting. I mean, as a, as a small counterpoint... um housemate jim friend of the show um and i have been doing a list of films over Mm. the course of the pandemic where we've each got films that either we think the other one would enjoy that we want to see you know that we're like oh it'll be interesting to see how they react to them you know just a general sort of cultural exchange sort of thing and one of the ones that jim put on the list was cynic Dockey new york ah which i watch and i which i've seen before and i quite liked um and i wrote my dissertation on that indeed we actually watched it just a couple of nights ago because Jim, it was Jim's turn to select from the list, and he selected from the list and he chose *Cirque C- du New York*. What was interesting, and I think what was telling about it, is that I watched that film once in 20, w- 2012 mm-hmm. and I it made a big impression on me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Bleh, it's an odd film. It's not really one I'd say that you necessarily enjoy. It sort of it happens yes. at you. And after we watched it, I was watching it again, like you know, with like you know nine years more experience of like film and knowing who i am and knowing the kind of person i, am, I was struck by how like oh this doesn't land in the same way with me that it did before mm. um jim said a very telling thing which was like i could tell this was a very straight movie and i'm like it is v- a, quite <laughs> aggressively heterosexual in, oh in sometimes in quite weird and problematic ways like the whole bit when his daughter is dying and she's like, admit that you went off to like have anal sex with your secret lover. Do it, father. I'm dying of ta- tattoo poisoning. And you're like, what? He's not, but... Okay. Um, but the thing, that, the thing that Jim said about the film after, because I was like, like, how did you enjoy it in New York? And he said, I'm glad I've seen it, but I don't think I will ever want to watch it again. Mm. That's how I feel about this film. Like, it's an interesting film. And I'm yes. glad I've seen it. And I will probably think about it quite a lot. But that said, I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend it to people or that I will end up watching it again.
1: I... Uh, so, talking about in New York. Go ahead. When I, when I first saw it, I hated it. Really? And yeah. I was at, And something niggled at me about it, and I watched it again, and I've seen it many times since. Hmm. I do really like it. I think it hits, with a lot of Kaufman's films, I think they hit in very different ways, Mm. which is kind of his intent, that the films will change based on who you are as a person.
0: That's very true, yes.
1: Which is very good. And And they're also all really personal to him as well. They're personal to him, but also a very, just a kind of tangent on what you were saying. I think it is a very straight film. And that's the point, yes. is that the horrors of kind of... Well, like, this station was about gender and sinactivity. Oh,
0: was it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, Fertile ground. And, and like,
1: here's, here's a man who can't live up to his masculine ideal, creates a big old simulacrum about and casts his masculine ideal and slowly gets feminized by it in his own process. Yeah. Rather than just him liberating himself and enjoying, like... And going into these feminine ideas... There's the
0: wonderful scene, which he, I really, he really gets like. gets then
1: trapped at the end... And put in, like... As Ellen, the cleaner lady. Yeah. Rather than being able to... I really
0: love the scene when... Life. After his father died... Uh, no, well, mm. no, after his mother dies. The second mm. funeral. And he takes um, Hazel's actress... To go to the funeral yes. with him. And they end up having sex. Um, there's the really quite lovely scene where he tells her that she's pretty and says, I could never be like that. I'm not allowed, you know, I can't be pretty like that. And she tells him that he's pretty and it fucking emotionally breaks him. And I feel like, you know, there are elements of the film that are very much are about like toxic masculinity and like, you know, the constructs of gender and what they mean. But my watching it, you know, as I said, just a couple of days ago, the thing that I was struck by is like, I, I feel like it, it is both engaging with, you know, the sort of queering, as it were, of gender and social norms and that kind of stuff, but just from the most heterosexual perspective is, yeah. is the thing. Yeah. I was just like, it's very interesting, like, it doesn't say anything particular about it, but there's certain, like, assumptions within the character and the way that certain interactions happen that you're just like... Well, this is very straight. I, You know, I, as a straight person, I was just like, oh, this is my people. It is very straight. I think this is my people. Look at them. <laughs> I think, well,
1: the last time I watched it was maybe like a year ago. And I think hmm. a lot of that, this has nothing to do with Labyrinth of Cinema. But that's fine. We're going into our own Labyrinth of yeah.
0: Cinema. <laughs> but I think it's relevant because it's like, it's in the same it's, way, like in New York and Labyrinth of Cinema, to me, they both feel like films that were made to communicate to, at least for me, And you know, as you mm. said, you, you slightly disagree with the idea that it's necessarily incredibly personal to Kaufman, but it's the kind of thing where it's, if it, you know, some films are almost didactic yeah. in the way that it's like, I have these ideas. Here mm. are these ideas. Labyrinth of cinema, like literally says, these are the fucking ideas, like at the top of the film. And then at the end, did you get what the fucking mm. ideas were? But Synecdoche New York, like <laughs> Synecdoche New York doesn't have like that quite that level of beating you over the head a bit, but it's not a subtle film. Mm. It like it deals in these massively, almost, you know, in some cases almost slightly like the bit when fucking Hazel buys a house and the house is just on fire yes. all the time. And you're like, oh I wonder what this could be about. You know, it's it's about it's a film about decay, it's a film about temporality and like, you know, what creative expression means in a world that doesn't care about you. Like, it's a film about failure. It's a film about not fulfilling your ideals. It's it, like, it's about stuff.
1: It, it's a film that has a lot of ideas, but because it is done in a careful and absurdist manner, mm. can be about all those ideas at once, and you can get different things from different watches. Yes. So there is, like, the whole thing about time and decay and death, and there's also gender stuff in it,
0: And, like, reality. And reality and creativity.
1: Yeah. Um, On my most recent watch of Synecdoche, I felt like, yeah, weirdly with Kaufman films, as I feel like I watch them and then I come to a point where I've moved on from them, like, they show me the weird horrors of, like, toxicity that can exist.
0: Yeah. Like, Anomalisa is a film that, like, I understand what it's about, but I am completely alien to that like ideology that it's representing. And yeah, I was like, that's and fascinating.
1: You move on, and I think Kaufman, it, he's a very straight filmmaker, but he's very much about someone who is talking about the problems of it. Yes, which is interesting. It he, doesn't. It doesn't glorify it. No, it's oh, far from it. No, which no, no, Yeah, a lot of straight filmmakers who discuss the problems of straightness <laughs> and the patriarchy. Still kind of glorifying. Anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm thinking of ending things.
0: Yes. Have, have you Not seen Not yet, it? I want to. I'm intrigued, because the I, thing, Kaufman's always interesting. I won't say too much about it. Okay.
1: But I will say that part of it is, what's interesting is that kind of the main character is the woman. But it's very much still about the man, but in a very interesting way. Okay, no, that's good, yeah. And it's also about media consumption and consumption of ideas and the construction of identity around that. And it also has a lot to do with like misogyny in it. No, maybe, I yeah.
0: think. Those are those are topics that I find interesting.
1: But to I'm thinking the ending things, is also a very weird film, has a lot of references and ideas in it to bring about a single kind of quite negative idea. <laughs> But still very successfully. <laughs> Labyrinth of Cinema. Yes. Again, although positive as the one exception. very uplifting.
0: It kind of... Not doing it successfully. No. It, it, it feels like a film that... Not like needed more time in the oven. I think... It, I think... <laughs> yeah, this this our oh, review of this film is... Good idea. But... It's like I, I feel like Obayashi just really needed someone to say no to him on some stuff. This felt mm. like a this felt like a film where the creator was given free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted.
1: A lot of people say that about Synecdoche in New York, though. A lot of people I say don't know, I don't know. Oh, they should have. Uh, Kaufman needs someone to say no to, which I, d- I don't agree with. I on that.
0: There are like you know, with. There's, you know, I would have liked, you know, maybe to see, have someone say to Kaufman, like, you know, this weird accusatory, like, um, vague undercurrent of homophobia that you have in this film, mm. which is present. It's, you know, oh, you know, you know, uh, his daughter is very like, you know, oh, you being gay is the most, you know, worst thing I could imagine. And I'm going to get you to admit it to justify all the shitty things that, you know, I kind of did to you by ignoring you. Yeah, but, but also like, and also his, you know, his wife is like betrays him for a lesbian and that kind of stuff. And it's got like a weird homophobic undercurrent to it. Mm. Like, there's aspects of that that I feel could have been like refined, but I don't think the film would be the same if those elements were necessarily removed. Because, like you say, it's about this, this very specific idea of masculinity and how that interplays. And like, and some part of the threats to classic masculinity are like women being interested in other women, or being thought of to be homosexual. It's like, those are things that I'm like, well, if you're telling this kind of story, and you're inhabiting this kind of character, you kind of have to engage with these. I feel like with... Synec- have
1: you read my dissertation? No,
0: I'd like to. Uh, I'll send it to you. I feel like there's a lot you might get from it. Interesting. But with Synecdoche, <laughs> I feel like... It's not that Kaufman needed someone to tell him. no. Mm. I think I don't think there are any like bad ideas in yeah. Synecdoche. I feel like some of them could have maybe dealt with some development perhaps with like you know talking to more queer people perhaps of being like do you think this kind of says the thing or is it you know like you say like kind of by endorsing these tropes I'm tacitly endorsing them you know for the lay person I mean is the lay person going to be watching an absurdist nightmare like Synecdoche New York you know that sort of thing you know
1: the answer is no (laughs) no they're not but
0: it's that kind of stuff that I I feel like there's areas for improvement whereas Labyrinth of Cinema given that the overarching theme and message of the film is and this is not me having a dig is quite simple Hmm. you know it's talking you know it is talking about like you know the impact of war um the notion of like the meaning of how war drives people to sort of imperialistic ideals of themselves and you know forces you to do these terrible things and like what is sacrifice for your country versus sacrificing things for your ideals, and are you protecting people, or are you protecting the idea of a country? Like, these are all big, broad ideas. I don't think we needed everything that's in the film to get there. Like, I think if we'd started, like... If we'd gone from, like... I mean, the whole spaceship stuff, I'm like, what? Like, you know, that arguably could have gone? Because I... Don't mm. think it necessarily... Ad- you could have just been, like, much like Goodbye Dragon Inn.
1: I think the spaceship provides the optimistic ending of the film. Which we're, maybe we're talking
0: which, about. Im- which implies that, like, what, humanity continues despite it all, to the stars, that sort of well, thing. Well,
1: well should, should we talk about that? Let's talk
0: ending? about it. Yeah, we'll go through the ending. Go, take us through. Oh, okay. You want me to take you through Hiroshima? Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so oh. they wind up on a train that's bound for Hiroshima... Um, and they end up through a sequence of, you know, what can only be described as hijinks, um, <laughs> becoming attached to the Sakura <laughs> acting troupe. I would not describe <laughs> it as hijinks. And they end up um, being, uh, I, they're going to be performing the lead male characters in the Rickshaw Man, which is a famous play by Maruyama, um, which is going to be performed on the day of the bomb falling in Hiroshima.
1: But the day before, they perform the fiancé. Yes. Which is a film that was, when it was made into a film, was censored. They talk about this, There is In like,
0: the film, yeah.
1: Yeah, 10 In minutes, Labyrinth of Cinema, yeah, they talk in lab- about this, yeah. 10 minutes was censored by Japan, mm-hmm. being anti, like, anti Japan, anti war. Yep. And another eight minutes by, I think it was US. Yeah, it was by US. the West, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I knew it was the West, but just, I wasn't sure. I think it was US. the United States, yeah. Um, and then saying how. That film is still considered a Japanese masterpiece. Yeah. Despite this. Despite this, but a lot of it is to do with the audience imagination It's the film's imagination combining with the audience's imagination, mm. which is a very interesting thematic point. Yes. It? Anyway, back to. Um, yeah, and I they felt get like that they, was they important. They, yeah. I don't
0: know well, it, you know it is. Um, they they perform the fiance, and the open rehearsal is um shut down by the Japanese government for being anti, you know, anti-war. It's, you know, undermining the message, hoo Um, So their performance is cancelled the next day. The three guys are then like, we need to get this fucking troop of people out of Hiroshima because we've got no reason to be here now. And they basically argue about it, and they're going to get some of them to leave, and it basically boils down to only Noriko, who is... It's weird that they kind of don't acknowledge that it is Noriko but they also do. It's like a Noriko, but not the Noriko that they know from the start of the film in a way. Yeah. is They've kind of become subsumed within the reality that they're there, but also that they're not. It's weird. Um, and they basically get to the point that only Noriko's going to get out. Mm. And she is meant to be turning up with her sister, but then her sister chooses to stay behind because the leader of the play troop is too ill to move and he needs to be stayed there to be cared for and no one else will leave. So Noriko goes by herself. She just gets on the train and leaves. And they're like, well, we should go back and like, you know, be with them when the bomb falls. And they're like, Will we die? Probably. We try and save them. I think they're yeah, weird. They sort of seem pretty aware that they're gonna die. Maybe. Like Hosuke's like, I bled, we'll probably die, and they're like, well, and Shigeru's like, well, we have to at least try. Let's gunbate Kudasai, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. And while they're running through, Nariko comes back, this time in her clothing that she wore at the start of the film. And she meets them by the um, Atomic Dome mm. and calls out to Mario, and then the bomb falls. There's an intermission where we hear about the fact that the Japanese government lied to the people about the dangers of the incoming air raid, because they knew that Enola Gay was coming, but they were like, "If they're not going to bomb Hiroshima. You know, they've, yeah. they've flown planes over there before, there's no re- reason for anyone to take cover. This was a huge error. I oh, mean, the... in that
1: moment, I think there's another important point. Mm. In that, what they say is that adults didn't teach children how to die; they just tried to make the war fun mm. for them. Which yeah. I think is an interesting point for when when we get to the end uh, twist of Noriko being the old lady. Yeah, but um, but we'll get that. Yeah, but I
0: felt like that was important to say. No, yeah. yeah. So the bomb falls. Um, Noriko. And Mario, like, bursts into flames.
1: Yeah, so there's the, the flame of, like, the cinema projection, like... Catching, catching up fire. fire. Yeah. Anti-Pika saying Pika, like, of lightning, of flash. Yeah. And, and also the bomb dropping. And yeah. Uh, all this is kind of intercut for 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. And then we get hard cut to the statistics of the troupe, the theatre troupe themselves... And the difference is whether you died when the... If you died in the flash, you didn't even know you were dead. Or if you lived long enough to hear the boom, then you died days later of radiation sickness. And it goes through each... Obviously, this is real people who did really die. um, And it goes through and names them their age and their date of death. And it goes through and does all of that. We then kind of cut back to the cinema. And the three guys are back in their seats... Yes. Implying that they never left. Well, they say the audience survived. Yeah.
1: And they're surprised by that. But it's like, the audience survived. Yeah. And he's no longer a Yakuza. He's instantly a monk.
0: Shigeru has shaved his head and is wearing monk robes and is a monk now. It's never properly remarked upon, but okay. Um, And as they go to leave, they encounter Auntie Pika. And young Noriko is there as well. And Auntie Pika is like, oh, you can see her too. She's the ghost of the me that died in Hiroshima, because mm. like my innocence and my youth died. Yeah, then. I think
1: part of that is like. So Norika's like, I don't know what f- I don't know war. Show me through films. Yeah, and then her bad innocence dies through the film, yeah. like through the films of the Hiroshima. <sighs> okay. Yeah,
0: and the events of it happening yes. to the person that she would later grow up to, who actually went blind from the, um. Yeah light from the and explosion from not
1: being able to see films yeah etc
0: yeah so it's like she's got this idealism of like oh I could learn through films but she in the real world air quotes around real world yes. cannot ever partake in that cultural shared thing but um, is
1: also happy to run a cinema for 30 years and show that and because it is important to try and get
0: communicate the, the message young to people, people
1: somehow yeah. to see the the previous innocence etc to
0: learn what jumping is yes Yeah. Yeah. Obayashi, referencing his own work, probably. Um, So then each of the three have like a small little send-off thing. Um, Auntie Pika gives um, Shigeru some money for his temple and he goes off chanting. He's not going to collect debts anymore. He's going to live a straight and proper life because he learnt... Discipline and honor, and like through the experience that he went through mm. of being there. So he's given, he's renounced the Yakuza lifestyle and has become this much more idealized character. Um, Hosuke figures out that Auntie Pika is Noriko and like vaguely implies that he's going to help care for her, as I recall.
1: I, I, I don't really remember. Yeah. What each of their send offs
0: were. Yeah. And then Mario is sort of like, I always loved you, Noriko. Let's get married in the spirit world or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him saying, like, oh, because, you know, it was the childhood promise that, you know, it's raining, and this is conflated with Hosuke's um, flashback to Okinawa, where if it's raining on my wedding day, I'll still be happy, and it's raining, and she's like, will you marry me, Mario? And he's all like, yeah, sure, I will, yeah, also you're raining, a ghost.
1: It's raining black rain because of the, the, uh, bomb. the bomb. Yes. Um, and that leads into the spaceship oh, again. Yeah,
0: back to the spaceship.
1: Which is in, in important that you remember what Mario's send-off was because that's very much the spaceship thing of, like, film is a time machine. We're going to live in this kind of eternal thing. And in the the spaceship... So he's saying, oh, yeah, we will get married because I'm a cinephile and you're a ghost and I'll always remember this. We have this connection through... The,
0: uh, man, the power of the time machine. The of, power cinema. of time yeah.
1: machine and the future that it can make because it influences people. Yes. The spaceship... The Fanta G, yep. who is clearly the Obayashi stand-in, yes. I think is essentially speaking to his daughter, who's like the other woman. It feels yeah. very much like he's like, yeah, I'm going off into my I'm spaceship now. I'm literally passing on the and information. And eternity, remember, you can learn from films and stuff. Please, continue on. Continue on the f- future. The
0: universe the is love. The universe is love. And um, she says, I think it would be good... I people really could liked remember. the
1: film 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> did. Did like it.
0: Um, but she also says, like, I think it would be important if if everyone could remember that we are all, like, related to the universe and the universe is love. I think that's the ending line. And yeah, so
1: optimistic. Maybe, but although in the credits, I'm not sure if you saw it, after the song, they said how... Julia, uh, How Japanese Sh- youth, post-war, the military industry fueled the economy of post-war Japan ah. and talking about how young couples were able to have cars and homes and honeymoons etc and then brought in the poem yeah the Tudor poem about how modernism is barbarism barbarism, is barbarism. Yeah. and talking about how again that like oh so this horrible thing actually then change like made these kind of conformed people mm. so there, there was this conformity of the uh, Japanese because of propaganda kind of making them believe that Americans were devils, well the Americans dropped the bomb so they kind of are
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, um, but the emperor was kind of like a god, mm. etc and they have to die for their country and there's that weird yeah, essentially mm. it's mm. like oh, it's still not good
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't feel like it's a bad film I feel like it, like I said, I,
1: I'm. I think it's a bad film. I think it's a good
0: idea. <laughs> that was but a dramatic
1: pause there. I yeah. think you could get the same effect of just combining a watch of Haosu and Hanagatami together. Yeah.
0: Or just. or I, I mean, Hanagatami is like. Both of Haosu and Hanagatami are a bit more dour in their like final messaging. Is Mm. the thing, I think this is nice that it's, like, so hopeful. Yes. I think it is, you know, this is the thing that it brings me back to, like, Wind Rises, is, like, the true ending of Wind Rises, which, like, you know, Miyazaki had to be pushed back from, it's just like, oh no, it's fine, you're dead now, Jiro, come to me. Rather, you need to live, Jiro, it's important that, you know, other things matter apart from your vision. What? It's like, I think it's, Jiro, imp-
1: you need to live so you can watch your son make uh, the first three D animated <laughs> film of your company and
0: make <clears> tales <throat> from Earthsea. It will be really bad.
1: No, I mean the the earwig and the witch.
0: Oh God, I've not see, I've heard it's not good. I watched the trailer. And I it also looks watched.
1: Really poor. I
0: watched the trailer and I was like, okay, so the animation is a bit ropey. Mm. Like you know, it's a previously two D studio pivoting to three D. Mm. You know, there's room for me to be somewhat forgiving. I don't know if you... Are you familiar with uh, Lupin the Third? Y- yes. Have you seen the new CG animated one, Lupin the Third, the first?
1: I know I've not seen it, but I remember watching Trello and being like, this looks fun, Dude. and also Shannon Strucci did a very good
0: yeah.
1: uh, review on it. We do love the me...
0: Yeah. <laughs> The Strooch! <laughs> I don't think any anyone found the name. The Strooch. Um, but no, me and Jim watched that because I wanted to see it and I would put it on the list and we watched it. And like, that movie is bananas but also gorgeously animated. Yeah. And the thing is, it's unfortunate that Ghibli is such a big name studio that like, man, you, given that this was, came out in the same year and is a Japanese 3D CGI yeah. thing of a really well-known you know, um, IP in Japan, it's like, Oh, you should have you probably should have yeah, tried harder, sense. guys. Yeah. Like and I'm I'm willing to be forgiving of the animation, but I've heard that like the plots a bit rubbish as well. I'm just like Yeah, ah. which I think
1: Goro Goro trying
0: to watch what was his
1: Amazon TV series? But that was terrible. I don't know Can why I... Goro Miyazaki
0: keeps trying to make films. He doesn't want to. His yeah. his an interesting
1: point related to the labyrinth of cinema. Do it. And Goro and uh Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> From Up on Poppy Hill. Yes. I feel like it's a very beautiful film. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I mm. feel like it's, it's Goro's it's best It's
0: quite film. good, yeah. It, oh, easily.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that feels like very much a connection of Goro as the young man who didn't live through wartime Japan. Yeah. Connecting to a very personal story of his dad's. Yeah. Of wartime Japan. Yes. And... And through the power of cinema, which feels like a very hopeful... I don't know how From Up on Poppy Hill ends. I don't remember. (laughs) But it feels like there's some hopefulness in that idea of, like, here's a younger... Here's here's the second generation.
0: Yeah, figuring out what it means. Figuring
1: it out and looking back through the medium of cinema. And I was like, oh,
0: that's... And it's also, like, I think it's interesting that you have this quite strong tradition in japan of like because obviously the atomic event was a massive cultural moment for them mm. you know and
1: that's
0: yeah, well, I. well i was gonna say it's like you know it, obviously i'm not gonna get too political because this is a fun uh oh no, i was gonna
1: get political
0: oh great uh, i was gonna say that like in our country at the moment there's an intense conversation going on about like the notion of an importance of patriotism <sighs> and like and what and this is the thing and what it means to be patriotic like um when i was at home recently um helping look after my mum we had a couple of conversations about this, because, like, my mum is not, like, you know, she is from a different generation, but she's not, like, she, like you know, classic boomer kind of thing. You know, she uses the phrase just vibing, um, like, in conversation, which I love. Um, but also, like, we were talking about it, and I said, like, the thing that I find difficult to understand is the concept of patriotism as, like, a motivating force. Because it's, like... I, you know, I like this country insofar that all my friends and family are here. Most of my lived experience happened here. All of my stuff is here. And, like, I want this place to be the best place for me and people that I care about to live. That doesn't mean it's above criticism and stuff like that. Um, But my mum asked me the very good question. She said, well, if we were in, like, you know, a world war situation, and they wanted you to volunteer to fight to protect your country, like, if you had, like, the view of, like, well the Nazis, for example, are going to come here, they are going to put significant portions of the population into death chambers and enslave everybody and, like, do awful things. Would you fight to protect that? And I was like, well, yeah, in those terms, obviously you would. You know, and I was like, you know, the, the thing that was, you know, in, in during World War II, it was like, you had entire factories going and, like, signing up together and, like, you know, whole streets and everything, which was, like, definitely propagandized by the British government yeah. because it raised morale, but you had these units of people who were going because they cared about each other, mm. and to me, it's that notion of shared community which feeds more into patriotism. But the thing is, our media yeah. landscape doesn't really have that conversation about like national identity in the same way at this time yeah. that I feel Japanese media does a lot more because there was a much stronger shift from the more sort of militaristic ideas, you know, the ideal of Japan pre. Hiroshima, and then there's the post-Hiroshima Japan is like we're not doing the military thing at all for a long time because holy fuck,
1: yeah. Okay, in terms of like patriotism in our country, I think I think the big issue with patriotism is that normally it is used to promote a nothing is
0: wrong with our country. Yeah, year. which have you read a history book, my man? It's like, like, no, like no, not hello, anything hey, wrong with
1: our country. The, the idea of like fighting the Nazis, yes, you would fight the Nazis, but also, the Nazis weren't the first people to have concentration camps. No, well, uh, we invented them. We invented them. We exactly. did. Yes,
0: the Britons, the Brits. Though the 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 the, the difference is our concentration camps were literally for the concentration; they weren't for actual systematized eradication in the same way. Yeah, that was the key thing about the Holocaust. But
1: but also the, the 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 one of the hot topic. Things of patriotism is Winston Churchill as a figure. Yeah. Who's like who? constantly referred to as like the sole victor
0: of Well, cause this is why I've had so, this discussion, cause Churchill, the thing with Churchill is that you have to take both. Yes. He was, for the time, the right man at the right time who looked at Hitler and went, I see what you're doing, motherfucker. Because he was also a proper old imperialist, pretty racist dude yeah. who recognized what they wanted to do and was like, okay. He was like, ah, game recognized game. To a I'm certain here c- to play. To <laughs> a certain extent, yes. And like, But that did make him optimal yes. to actually fight. Because, you know, the, there are pe- there's plenty of accounts of people writing about him at the time. They were like, Churchill was right for the war. He's not right for peacetime. Like, he is to an extent, a blood psychopath. Like, the guy was a trained soldier, he had crazy adventures, he, you know, recognised that if we do not fight against the Nazis with literally everything we have, they will wipe us off the face of the earth. And, to the man's credit, being the Prime Minister who defeated the Nazis, big tick in the win, win column. Yeah. That is, that, I can't <laughs> take that away from him. You're just like, yeah, like, be say I fucking beat Hitler. You're like, you did, good job. However, there is, you know, there's been, you know, there's a, 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 what's it, Channel 5, actually. My mum is a big proponent of Channel 5, and they're very cheap, but very well-researched. Like, they go and talk to a bunch of historians. They don't film it, they just record them, and then they just get archived footage, and that's it. They call it a day. They don't go anywhere, they don't film anything. They're just like, can we get the audio, and then just slap some fucking footage over it? Great. They did a series on Churchill, which we watched a couple of episodes when I was down there. And it was interesting of just going, like, you look at who he was in the context of his time, he was a bit archaic, in the even by the standards of like you know the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. You know he was pretty fucking racist for the time, even when everyone was extremely racist by the, today's standards. You know, and he was uh, what's it, the colonial uh, secretary. He was um, voted against uh, what's it, Indian independence, and that sort of thing. He did was it uh, cause the what's it, the famines and stuff. He chose not to send through resources because didn't give a fuck about them. It's like. Also, that is true as well. But the thing is, the thing with history and with people, it's hard to put the reality into a good guy, bad guy motif. And patriotism wants to sanitize Churchill, but he's the greatest Briton who ever lived. And on some metrics, sure. Again, beat the Nazis. Hard to top. But also, if you're trying to pretend that he's a saint, he was not a saint. He was, by all accounts, a cantankerous, angry, violent, racist man. Yeah. Who was a very good... Well, a pretty good politician... Good soldier and had fucking grit for days. Yeah. Like that's the the conflict of that kind of person.
1: Yeah, and that's the that that's the issue of like patriotism of being like, you can't criticize Churchill mm. without essentially saying if you go I don't like Churchill, mm. then people go, Oh you're not a real Briton. You like, know, well that's how patriotism Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's the road we're currently going down. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Have you got
1: enough flags, BBC? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um which is exploring Labyrinth of Cinema about... Oh, you said so many things and I wanted to talk about a lot of them, <laughs> but I forgot. Well, yeah, in Labyrinth of Cinema, there's a moment where the guy goes, most Japanese people would... There is more conformity over logic. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's a conformity which is a lot easier than logically going, let's look at the moral greys of everything. And yeah, it's like, it's much easier to go, this is this. And let's just keep believing in it,
0: And that's kind of the business of, you know, politics and, like, how society runs. If we... You know, the idea is we want to be more nuanced and more careful. But in some situations, you have to be like, well, we need to make a decision about some stuff.
1: But in Japan as well... Well, one thing you were saying, like, oh, well, we didn't do war and stuff. Which is, yeah, fair enough. But also, they in the military complex, like, at the end of the film, they were saying they benefited from that post They did, yeah. And also obviously most recently is the Prime
0: Minister of Japan trying to... <laughs> I know what you're going to say, yeah. Do you? I think, is it like denying the war crimes that they did in China?
1: Oh, well, I didn't know that, no. I was talking about using nuclear power in parts of Japan and kind of uh, and yeah. kind of, letting the Olympics happen through this still kind of contaminated area of...
0: Like, oh yeah, they're going to start releasing the water out of Fukushima as and well there were, and stuff.
1: Yeah, and there were protests of it at um, the Hiroshima Memorial Day on August 6th, 2019, that I was there for, and I joined a bit of the protest for, because I realised, well, I was like, I'm going to do this, and then it's like, oh, there's a shitload of people here. The politics of uh, Japan have been put in front of me me right now, (laughs) because it's like, oh, well, actually, you know what, there's lots of interesting stuff to be discussed, Mm. and just like the police here, like the police were filming the protesters before they'd done anything, they were just peacefully protesting, mm. and I didn't follow it all the way because, I, yeah, I'm, I.
0: You were a white person in Japan, yeah. Like, but mm. I, I
1: joined it. I didn't go to where the prime minister was speaking at the memorial because that was kind of the main thing that yeah. they were protesting against. Because it was like it was wrong that he was there based on what he's doing and the yeah. policies yeah. that he has, and. I don't know why I brought that up, but it's to do with how maybe it's not quite her point. <laughs> maybe <it's>, like <laughs> I've forgotten we we've gone on such a long tangent. We have got uh, like I what I guess I'm saying is oh maybe Japan you know have they learned like yes maybe the Japanese people have we talked for an we've hour we talked for oh, well <laughs> just like the film we've gone on lots of different. Thing. And we haven't talked much about the film, but more about... We've talked the more idea.
0: about like, the ideas, I think. And, and the that's ideas, the film is the main, yeah, you know, the main thing. Yeah, what is
1: sparked in us and us connecting to the film through our ideas.
0: I'll tell you what, though, Shay. Yeah. Do you think you could give me a final thought?
1: I wish I didn't say what I just said, because I feel like that might That would have like...
0: been a great final thought, but too yeah, bad like, you already said it.
1: But what I was saying about the Japanese was that the, the systematic ruling parties mm. haven't quite learned from these different things. I'm yeah.
0: Saying.
1: And that's true in every country.
0: That's true in our country. It.
1: Fucking Jesus. But the cinema is a kind of populist medium that people connect to. And Christopher Nolan who made Dunkirk And Tenet. Oh god let's not talk about Tenet. <laughs> um, Dunkirk's interesting because it's so patriotic but it's very much about what you were talking about about community And here are these boys who lost. Mm. And those boys, when they're returning, are scared that people are going to hate them because they lost at Dunkirk. Yeah. But they come back and are surprised to find that everyone is welcoming and glad they're home. Mm. And that is a very interesting patriotic thing of, like, we didn't win this, but we're still a loving country.
0: On a sidebar to that, um, a friend of the show, Perry, Mm. um has very low opinion of Dunkirk because he's read a lot of the, he's a big history nerd, mm. and he's read a lot of the accounts of it. And he's like, um, you know, Christopher Nolan has this like, well, we have to do it for real. You know, no CG. Yeah. I do it proper. And the thing is, it makes his representation of Dunkirk, frankly, looks like a piss version of what it was actually like. Because yes. in, the, in the accounts, it's like, oh, the sea was black with ships as far as you could see. And it's just like, oh, yeah, maybe you should have done some CG, Chris. Yeah. You know, just at the level give... of obayashi. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you, you JPEG.
0: Uh, his soldiers marching on the sea. As... Oh, his fucking beheading of Miyamoto uh, Musaishi. Like, holy shit. <laughs>
1: when when some glasses were dropped in CGI war and you were like, but we just saw that you had actual water. Yeah, why not <laughs> just
0: drop a set of glasses into some water? That so you had in green.
1: Um, <laughs> but Christopher Nolan talked about on a podcast. I, Dunkirk's the only film I really like. Of his, that's really. fair, yeah. Um, Mine is... It, about... I like Inception. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's a good he one. He talked
1: about how cinema... When you first get into cinema, you watch the populist films. Yeah. And so he wants to stay in that arena and make interesting films within that arena. Yeah. Because that's what people... He wants to be that introduction
0: of different ideas and stuff. And then you can watch... Which he got... Which... And I don't like Christopher Nolan very much, no. but I think it's definitely worth like again to talk about Inception briefly, yeah. Because I'm aware we're over time, and I'm gonna need to go and try and get home on the fucked up public transport oh, yeah. system. Um,
1: and we we gotta not be above Aquaman. We gotta
0: what was Aquaman
1: again? I think it's one thirty six. But okay, we got time. That's fine. We got
0: time. Um, but the the thing with Inception is I think that for a film that is reasonably conceptually complicated Mm. it does an excellent job of keeping itself as accessible as possible while dealing with these quite complicated like nested timeline multiple ticking clocks thing Mm. and i've always appreciated that i think nolan does a good job of not simplifying but taking quite complicated ideas and presenting them in a way that is somewhat accessible yeah. I don't always agree with the execution of it. Like I don't like his Batman movies. I mean, I don't like Batman as a concept. It's kind of sucks a lot of the time, um, yeah. you know, just not great, but I still think that, you know, he, he does a good job of trying to present a more complicated set of ideas than say Marvel, for example, which like, what's interesting, just a very small yeah. sidebar. Um, Another <laughs> you, one. You just sidebarred in your sidebar. uh, into a sidebar. <laughs> Is that like um? I hang out on like a n- judge. If we could take <laughs> yeah, a sidebar. <laughs> quick sidebar with quick sidebar. sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> with uh, I hang out on like a nerd fight forum, and we talk about like you know it's a lot of comic book fans. Yeah. And they've been watching the Marvel TV series. I have mm-hmm. not. Um, I watched One Division. I hated One Division. Wanted to die. Um, I
1: I watched a very good e- video essay called
0: Oh, we don't need to. Why
1: is One doing bad mysteries, at mysteries, bad
0: mysteries. Yeah, I, by James, by James Woodall, Woodall, friend of the show. Maybe give it a watch if you've made it this far into this hour and twenty six minute long podcast.
1: Yes, he knows how to make it shorter and more can be <laughs> concise with his
0: points. <laughs> but one of the things that was interesting with with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, the ending happened, and I saw people discussing it. <laughs> And, like, I don't know what it was. But they were saying, like, it's kind of annoying because it acted like it was going to talk about very complicated topics, like police brutality, racism in America, Mm. the interesting tension of being an embodiment of American ideals while being black. All of these interesting things. And then immediately backed the fuck down from saying anything. Because Disney doesn't want to say things? No. And I think that whether or not I think... But also what?
1: I don't like about Marvel. Yes, yeah. that they they tease you with that idea of like, oh, we're about to say something, and everyone goes, oh my god, everyone listen because they're actually going to say something, and, and then, then they never does, do, and then
0: they never, never ever do, will. never never do. Whereas like something like Labyrinth of Cinema, I don't think is good, but it is directly and emphatically trying to say something. Yeah,
1: well, how you describe Christopher Nolan of like, here's someone who presents very complicated things, and his.
0: The simplest and version of a very complicated ex- yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: Whether the execution is done right is up for debate. And I think with this, fit, like, Obayashi knows how to convey something that is entirely traumatic and has defined yeah. a generation and a country. Yeah. And make films about
0: it. Hanagatami is destroying. When you watch it, you're like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, and that he can do that and i don't think many other people can mm. and not in like not in a way that he does that, like yeah tries he, to actually...
0: he's such a unique filmmaker yes like the way he approaches it is like the fact that he literally does not play by the rules
1: yeah and the execution here might not have been done no. particularly well this
0: is not his finest work
1: like a head being thrown off and then <laughs> flying
0: off and it's so weird that he chose to... <laughs> that he chose to do it that way <laughs> bizarre but yeah so for my final thought i think it's worth watching this film once not by yourself watch it with a friend like my good friend shay um you know and have someone to at least riff on the ideas of but as you've already said watch hausu watch Hanagatami.
1: yeah i would say watch those films because if you don't like those films
0: then don't bother with this at all but if you if you like, especially if you like Hanagatami, then this is worth looking as an interesting counterpoint to that set of ideas. It's a slightly more hopeful take on what it means for young people to engage with these ideas and how Obayashi, with his final work, really feels about this particular issue. Yes. I think that's the fairest thing we can say about this film.
1: Yes, I think we've been very fair about
0: this film. I think we have. So, um, you know, and we thought we didn't have anything to say. And here we are. I I I feel like I said to you, "Oh, it's going to be a really short cast." You did say you said those exact um, words.
1: My final thought is another one. I'm a yakuza.
0: You are a yakuza, and I'm a monk.